The U.S. Agency for International Development and the FCC might seem like strange bedfellows, but they've got an interest in 5G, the highly touted next generation of broadband wireless communications. Now they've signed a memorandum of understanding aimed at improving adherence to several policies on 5G in emerging markets. Here with what this is all about, USAID Deputy Administrator Bonnie Glick. Ms. Glick, good to have you on. Tom, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me today. A memorandum of understanding between USAID and the FCC. Tell us what it covers. Sure. As you noted rightly, having USAID, the U.S. Agency for International Development, which really has a broad international focus on developing or emerging market countries, does seem like a strange interlocutor for the Federal Communications Commission. But one of the things that I've talked with Chairman Ajit Pai and Commissioner Brendan Carr about extensively is the importance and significance of 5G, the fifth generation uh, broadband technology, as an important issue for developing countries. And people kind of scratch their heads and wonder, well, you know, Europe and Japan and Korea is what we think about for 5G. We don't really think about emerging market countries. But at USAID, our focus is working with countries who are, as we believe, continuing along their development journeys towards self-reliance. And it's our firm belief that in order to be self-reliant, a country has to be a full participant in the global economy. If we've seen nothing else from uh, COVID-19, we've seen how important connectivity is. So you and I are not meeting live in a studio. We're doing this remotely together. And that's the way everything is being interacted around the world right now. So getting to the memorandum, what is Mm -hmm. FCC trying to accomplish here and what is USAID trying to do? It's a good question how, how we align. FCC is going to help us at USAID with things like rolling out training in developing countries, helping us work with uh, ministries of information, communications, and telecommunications to have them have the right tools available to them to understand when they're ready to make 5G decisions, what those decisions should look like. And we focus together on things like the clean network, having countries make decisions that are based on what is technology that will best serve your citizens. And that includes, from a U.S. government perspective, technology that doesn't include uh, Chinese technologies like Huawei, ZTE, and other what we refer to in the government covered technologies from the People's Republic of China. So FCC, working very hard and very diligently at rolling out uh, broadband connectivity in the United States, including to rural communities, has a great handle on what are the ways to advise decision makers on uh, what the proper technologies are for broadband connectivity. And they're tremendously helpful to us in helping uh, develop those decisions in emerging market countries.
And I guess you have an immediate issue there in some of these countries where, say, education has been interrupted Uh and they don't have the broadband capabilities that we do here to have teleeducation. So there's some real pressing issues for those countries. And this is not a long term problem necessarily. Right, Tom. It's a critical issue, not just in emerging market countries themselves, but also when you think about it, in the countries where USAID works, we work with a lot of uh, populations of internally displaced people who have been displaced by conflict or refugees. And these are populations that also frequently are living away from where they should be. At the latest count, we have something like 70 million people around the world who are not where they should be. They're not in their homes. And so the ability through COVID to be able to educate children in particular and provide training to young workers is that much more important to be able to provide digitally uh, over the Internet. And so USAID works with governments, uh, works with service providers to help bring that connectivity to, to populations that we in the United States don't always think about, but populations that still have to educate their children, still have to transact business, and still have to maintain their livelihoods. We're speaking with Bonnie Glick. She's Deputy Administrator for the U.S. Agency for International Development. And what tools does USAID have to encourage countries to avoid the Chinese gear, for example, and buy from some of the companies that we can pretty much are assured are trustworthy? USAID is leading the U.S. government efforts in uh, in 5G in the developing world. So we partner with other parts of the U.S. government, the State Department, the Commerce Department, Export-Import Bank, the Development Finance Corporation, in order, NFCC, of course, in order to advise countries on how they get to the next stage, the next generation of broadband connectivity. USAID, by and large, offers what we refer to as technical assistance and capacity building, which fundamentally comes down to financing tools as well as uh, training education, counseling, guidance, consulting services, and then other U.S. government agencies like the Development Finance Corporation and Exim come in with larger-scale financing capabilities. But it's all part of an overall U.S. government response that we've raised the profile on because we believe so strongly that 5G is important for emerging markets. That financing piece is particularly important because the Chinese will say, we'll loan you the money, and then we own you, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What we've seen around the world, and a couple of cases would be things like, um, not necessarily related to telecommunications, but the the most... um, significant case of bait and switch, I'll call it, uh, is the Chinese government coming into the island country of Sri Lanka uh, in the Indian Ocean and offering to help the Sri Lankans build a port uh, with concessionary loans 
and the concessionary loans were at a level that ultimately the government of Sri Lanka could not repay because the the promise of the PRC was that there would be a tremendous increase in the revenues coming into that port, which never materialized. And so the fine print of the contract that the government of Sri Lanka signed with the PRC was um, that they would give up sovereignty and control over the port, handing it over to uh, the People's Republic of China for management and running for 99 years. And so they lost control not only of this uh, port, uh, New Age port for an island country critically important for revenues, but also um, they lost face. uh, to the People's Republic of China in terms of having made this bad deal. And what we, together with other uh, aligned donors, are doing is working with countries to help assure that they don't make similar mistakes. Sure, it's like borrowing from the Gambinos. And getting back, yes. to, the, getting back to the 5G idea... Mm-hmm. Are some nations going to go directly to 5G and kind of skip 3G and 4G LTE? That's a a great uh, tech question. And uh, one of the things that we talk about a lot in developing countries is very much like emerging markets leapfrogged landlines and went directly to mobile phones. We do believe that there are technologies that are coming online that will provide broadband connectivity that won't be dependent on large-scale infrastructure build-outs like 5G would require, like 4G has required. And so there are new technologies that are coming out of additional countries, to include the United States and Japan, uh, called Open Radio Access Network Technologies. And this would provide countries with a much less expensive uh, software, not hardware-based solution for broadband connectivity. And so we do believe that Open RAN, as it's called, Open Radio Access Network, that are these software-based solutions that are starting to be rolled out in pilots around the world, including in developed countries like the U.S. and Japan, may very well prove to be that leapfrog technology that could be a game changer in emerging markets. And a final question, if you can answer it. Whatever happened to the $100 laptop? You know, that is a good question. I I believe that it was a program probably about 10 years or so ago called One Laptop Per Child. My husband and I actually participated in it where we were providing at a very low cost, I guess it was about $100, laptops for children in developing countries. I'm not sure where that has gone. Those were uh, those predated actually the Chromebooks that we see now or the tablets sure. that we see now. Um, so my sense is in the countries that I visited during the course of my time at USAID, and it's been several dozen countries, I have yet to see one of those bright green colored uh, laptops in children's classrooms. Um, <laughs> So my sense is they've probably graduated from those towards smart tablets and and um, and newer technologies. 
Bonnie Glick is Deputy Administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development. Thanks so much for joining me. Tom, thanks so much for having me today. We'll post this interview together with a link to the strategy at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.